Turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of season 2 of Nick Knack Goes to the Movies. I'm Nick, as you probably guessed, and for the first time in a while, surprisingly, I'm not alone. Today, I'm joined all the way from California, a truly amazing person. The one person who's been telling me to watch the show that we'll be talking about today, Genevieve Severin. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Nick. It's an honor to be here. Oh, the honor is all mine. It feels like college back back in the day, right? Just hanging out again, watching movies. That's all we did, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so before we get into the episode, as per usual with our guests, obviously, you know, as an avid listener of the show, maybe, why not? We have some fun icebreakers so our listeners can get a feel for who you are, mostly what you watch. So I don't think you warned me about this part. I mean, I did, maybe briefly, <laughs> but if okay. not, that's okay. <laughs> This, this is supposed to be the more as All a right, fun I'm, win. I'm ready. You're ready. That's good. <laughs> what was the first show you remember being like obsessed with? Like you had to watch it week in, week out. Like, mom, I can't. I got to watch my insert show. <laughs> you know, maybe it was a streaming service thing. So you binged it. Maybe not. What was that for you? Like first show, first show. When I was little, I'm thinking back that far. Sure. Probably Arthur because I didn't have cable growing up. So we only had like network TV and PBS. And. And I got home from school every single day and watched Arthur. And just I, basically PBS was on the whole time until Arthur came on. If I have to think of a show that is more relevant <laughs> now from when I'm older, it would be How I Met Your Mother, um, which before it was on streaming services, I used to watch it when it was on TV every Monday night at 8 p.m. I believe. Yeah. So that was the one that I would watch religiously weekly. We might touch on How I Met Your Mother. I think <laughs> I remembered and referenced and knew because you did a Halloween one year for that. Did you not? I did. Yes. I was the mother for Halloween one year before it was revealed who she was. You were the mother. Yeah. Facade. <laughs> So, I mean, for me, it was Prison Break for sure. I used to watch that with Debbie McGann. Avid, she is an avid listener of the show. Uh, oh, hi, Debbie. Uh, hi, hi <laughs> Debbie, indeed. Hi, Mom. That show had it all. Action, Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller. That was pretty exciting for the time. And I guess like you, I mean, that was early 2000s. Game of Thrones, right? Who who didn't like Game of Thrones? Once I, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I'm one of those unicorns out in the world that has, I've seen about three episodes, maybe two. Okay. The one was the Hodor episode because at the time my roommate was watching it and I just kept hearing him scream, hold the door. And I kind of like ran out to see what was going on. Naturally, you could guess the episode Ed Sheeran was in. You know, I assumed that that there's a reason for that. And it's probably because of it. It's his birthday today. Just so everyone listening knows that I'm still a crazed fan and it is his birthday. <laughs> so when this episode <laughs> airs on Friday, he'll be how, how old Ed Sheeran? He's 30. We're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> scared to think about besides doing your your rewatch research for this episode because i know you were doing big research you said you had notes and everything um <laughs> what else are you watching these days so i feel like i've been getting into show holes a lot recently i always try to watch like what comes out that everybody has been watching and so you know naturally i had to watch bridgerton because everyone was talking about it didn't really love it as much as the internet did but it made me really want to start to rewatch gossip girl so i started watching gossip girl and got through season one and then was like okay i'm done with this i got my fill and i think before that i 
was diving into Schitt's Creek because I hadn't actually gotten into that yet. I'd started to watch the first few episodes and I was like, okay, like I know this show is supposed to be so good, but it took me a while to really get into. So I finally just like gave in and binged that whole thing and really enjoyed it and like cried through the whole last episode. And then Netflix already had like their little documentary queued up after. And so it was like midnight and then I had 45 more minutes to just watch their little documentary and it was just, you know, crying in my bed. <laughs> hey, I mean, I haven't seen any of those shows. I'm, I'm told great things about Schitt's Creek. I have a feeling Bridgeton's probably not my cup of tea. I feel like it wouldn't be. I feel like I have a really good sense of what your cup of tea is since I tend to recommend a lot of shows to you and then you actually watch them. And I would I would maybe advise against that one. I was gonna say, I haven't heard that recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> It hasn't mean, been on my list for you. <laughs> no, it has not. Um, I, I'll be curious what the next gen list item is. Maybe we'll figure mm-hmm. that out after this episode. But for me, it's been, I only, I know, I was, what's the internet saying, right? I was today years old uh, when I found out that Carrie and Prom Night were different, not only movies, but franchises, but between John Travolta, you know, the dancing legend, it is, believe it or not, today, as like we're recording, the... <laughs> 37th anniversary of the other dance movie Footloose How about oh. that? the original one so dancing men in oldies shows united um <laughs> and then Idris Elba Jamie Lee Curtis you know all these people cinematic legends had to check these out you know it's probably what I'm going to talk about next week I have I think one reboot of Carrie that maybe Chloe Grace Mortez. Oh, I've the, seen that one. Uh, girl, I good? That. Well, I like Chloe Grace Mortez, but I watched that because Ansel Elgort played my friend in it. And at the time, you know, he was all the rage. So I watched that one. Mm-hmm. Good or bad? It's good. I've never seen the original, so I can't compare it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I will be curious what I take of that as well. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you know, for me, it's mostly been a deep dive into Sabrina. The past two, three weeks took a while to to get through. More than I thought it would because I did, you know, AHS in two weeks. I don't know how it took three weeks to do Sabrina. <laughs> um, and WandaVision, you know, that episode drops on Friday. I When this episode drops, hopefully I'll be watching that episode. Speaking of, of Marvel, though, Jen, you shattered my knowledge of pop culture and I thought I was the 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 king on top but you have usurped me a little bit here with your wild connection between Marvel and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina which we'll be talking about today what what do you got for us okay well I think this only came up because I similar to you like to just google things and find everything I can out about actors and shows and I just like the internet has so much information to provide about TV and movies and things. So I already started digging into WandaVision to learn a little bit more about it. I haven't watched any of it, though I am interested. And I was watching, this is going to be long-winded. I was watching, I think Jimmy Fallon, or I was watching one of the late night shows on YouTube. And I cannot think of what her name is, Catherine something, the actress that is, plays the neighbor in WandaVision. I'm sure you know her name. It's not Catherine Heigl, is it? That's no, not it's Catherine not Heigl. I can, it's Zeta Jones? Yeah, I'm running out of Catherine. I can't think of and she um so she plays the neighbor and in that interview it came up that she was potentially Agatha Harkness from the comics but they hadn't explicitly said that and I was like okay clocked that now I have that name in my head and then when you and I were talking about Sabrina and our love for Nicholas Scratch which I'm sure we'll get into I like googled Nick Scratch the character and it said parent Agatha Harkness and I was like wait I heard that name recently and I clicked on it and it was from the Marvel comics. And then I was like, hold on, back up. How is Nicholas Scratch's mom 
from Marvel if he's a Sabrina character. And then I dug in a little more and I was like, wait, he's not even a Sabrina character at all. He came from the Marvel universe. So I have no idea what the writers did and, and why they made that choice, but I did find it interesting. I Yeah, I mean, we never meet his parents, I don't think. In... No. They die, they, right? I don't even know if they're ever addressed. Did I they think... die? I thought that maybe they died. Maybe I think probably. You know what? That might have been something with the the water sinking, shrieking sea, something. Because if that's the case, that makes more sense with how his <laughs> end is. That does, yeah. I haven't obviously you've watched it a lot more recently than I have, but that does that's interesting. I'm speculating. I don't know if that's true, but that <laughs> sounds familiar. But yeah. something that I've been speculating on a while now was I don't know if you remember this, Jen. In Maybe it was sophomore year of college. You, I always, when I tell the story, I say tricked both myself and Evan Peacock into thinking Pretty Little Liars was a good show because it was maybe the season two, either Halloween episode or end of the thing. And it was like kind of dark. This was back when I, you know. I vaguely remember season two having kind of a wild ending that excited me. And that might be why I led you guys astray. And I remember watching season one being like, okay, this isn't bad. And lo and behold, I ended up watching the whole thing. For better or worse, I'll get into my opinion. But looking back on it, Jen, is Pretty Little Liars a good show? Looking back on it, yes and no. (laughs) I think that the writing was pretty terrible and the acting was pretty terrible. But... I always love a show that has a sort of big element of mystery. And I think that Pretty Little Liars always did a good job of kind of ending on a cliffhanger or having those like really jaw dropping moments that like the twists and turns that you kind of weren't expecting. So I think overall, in terms of the storyline, it was well done, but I think you know, episode by episode, it wasn't written so well, wasn't acted out so well. So mediocre, maybe, is the word we'll go with. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm right there with you. I'm happy to know that I'm not, like, alone in my very up-and-down relationship. And and not that this is a main part of the show at all. I just wanted to be, like, get you on record and see what this you This is actually... also, this is 29-year-old me talking about a show I watched when I was 19. Maybe it's just my more adulthood projecting on a teen drama. Yeah, I mean, I will say I finished it while I've been living in Massachusetts. So I don't know if it was a year or two years ago, but it finished it not so long ago, which didn't probably help. But I would say, yeah, like the writing, not the best. The acting, hit or miss. The, the thriller moments is what got me. I don't know if you remember, there yeah. was a part with the bees in the air conditioning of a car and she turned her mm-hmm. car on. And it's mm-hmm. like, that, that was, just, that was- Yeah, there were that moments that wild. shocked you for sure. And I will- embarrassingly admit I think it was a couple of years ago they came out with a spinoff that I did watch got canceled after one season for good reason if they didn't need to keep going but again I was like you know I watched the whole thing I'll just pick this up and see how it goes and probably said oh I made you watch the this show you need to watch the spinoff now I immediately believe it or not immediately when I finished the rewatch that was I went right to the next thing but you know in short like for me seeing Nolan North voice actor legend for the video game listeners here as a real life person it's like I just watched Black Panther it's like seeing he, Andy he, Circus. does he play Spencer's dad 
yeah he's is oh. spencer's dad and he, i'm not I, like, as good with like actor names as you are so that was well to be fair most people wouldn't know him as an actor most people know him as a video game voice, voice actor okay. like mm-hmm. video games specifically in the same way that like andy circus is like a voice actor in like he's Gollum in lord of the rings he's i just he, found out he would he played snoke something. in um yep. star wars Yep. I just found that out the other day. I was rewatching. Story. And these are all like CGI things. And then like yeah. you see him in a movie. He's a like big Black CGI Panther, guy. Like, wow. That's what he looks like. The voice is <laughs> un- is great. But, you know, and like yeah. at the end of the day, like Lucy Hale, Troy and Belisario, you know, like they're they're pretty cool. So, yeah, I I think the show is would be better for like it's like scream light. Right. It's not as gory. You know, there's some thriller elements. It might be a nice like like a couple show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, oh, I want to watch something, but you don't want to watch Bridgeton or like Rain, I don't mean to put this in yeah. the same category. Rain's bad, bad, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just like a girly show with a lot of girls and their relationships, and then some drama they have to deal with on the side. I think a guy could get could get through it though. I got through it. <laughs> yeah, you did by myself. <laughs> All by <laughs> right, my- no one was sitting there forcing you to watch it with. Oh, by myself. <laughs> well, I do. I do credit you for getting me introduced to to pretty little liars which is not a bad thing so well, thank you <laughs> so the show we go to the topic at hand we're talking the netflix adaptation of the chilling adventures of sabrina starring kieran and shipka jen how long have you been telling me to watch the show well i'm trying to think of how long ago it actually came out and i think 2018 2018 2018 i believe okay so three years i guess it's the beginning of 2021 so two years probably I watched the first season when it came out. I actually, this is funny. It took me so long to get through season one. I can't say like, oh, I sat down and I watched the first season and I was so hooked and then probably turned around and told you to watch it. I think it was just a time in my life where I kept trying to watch it before bed and I would fall asleep. And then the next night I would have to go and start the episode over again. And then it was just taking me a really long time. But ultimately I did enjoy it. So after season one in 2018, I'm sure I told you, you have to watch this show. I'm mostly, I don't know if I can think of a recommendation you've led me astray, not counting, uh, what was it, the spinoff called? The Perfectionist? Is that at the Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, was it called The Perfectionist? Perfection Elite. Little Perfectionist. Something. Pretty Little Liars spinoff. I led you astray on that whole But other than that, I think you have a pretty stellar track record. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Like I said, the show came out 2018, under 40 episodes with four seasons in three years. Unlike the sitcom version, which I have not seen in full, this delves into more occult, darker things, which American audiences would probably not have been into in the 90s as much, especially on their TV viewing. Thankfully, things in media these days are, they all like a little eeriness, right? Base Motel, another another recommendation. Another show I love. And another good one at that. I was trying to think when you're talking about the mother, I was trying to think of what, like, what is this thing? Like, oh, mother. Like, he has some weird way of addressing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Bates Motel. I, I couldn't. Good I old couldn't, Norman Bates. I couldn't come up with the words. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, I haven't thought about that show in a while. It's It's been done for a while. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I just remember Rihanna was in it, right? I just, Rihanna. that's all I remember, too. I'm Rihanna like, I with Rihanna being in it. And it, that, it was, that, I don't know about it. <laughs> Like I said, I can't believe it took me so long to, to get into this show, you know, only a few weeks ago. So I'll I'll give you my apologies, Jen, for taking so long to get It's to okay. It. You did it and we're here now. So better late than never. So to the questions we go. First of all, did you watch the sitcom version? I didn't really 
how do you view these two when they I compare? absolutely did and which is weird because I don't know what network it was on because again like my parents didn't really have tv but I've definitely watched it and loved it Melissa Joan Hart was an amazing teenage witch and I definitely think that Harvey her boyfriend in the show that the OG Harvey was maybe my first tv crush aside from Eric Matthews in Boy Meets World who I feel like they kind of look alike or did at the time so clearly I had a type back then um and I always thought it was really cool like Salem the talking cat was a really cool aspect of it even though he was like very clearly robotic but I think however old I was at the time like didn't really notice um and I had a black cat at the time growing up a black cat named Ziggy and so I thought it was cool that I had a black cat and Sabrina had a black cat and yeah I I really enjoyed the sitcom were you ever hoping it was like Harry Potter you just get your magic letter and just be Mm-hmm. whisked off oh, away. Every, every child wishes they had magic powers she was cool she was like in high school and like got to go to school and like change her outfit if she spilled something on it which like I really needed <laughs> you can relate <laughs> she wasn't in the flashback episode right in season 4 they had the, two... the new version she yeah. she wasn't in it no because they had the two aunts but they didn't have her spoiler alert yes they did I, it's <laughs> barely a spoiler at best I loved that moment that like I my jaw dropped I don't know if my jaw dropped a lot watching Sabrina even despite everything crazy kind of happening I was I had no idea that was coming and I was so excited when I saw that happen see I was failed like we talked about the IMDB user in me uh <laughs> looked ahead and it's it's done me dirty a few times with this yeah. and the Mandalorian but yeah. that that for sure was something I was uh doing throughout the show just like mm-hmm. you said yeah I mean for me big selling point Kiernan Shipka, who was, I think, one of those roles you love to hate in Sally Draper. I did not like Sally. I didn't even like... Um, Sassy Jan- Sally. What was um, January Jones? I don't even remember her name. Betty. Betty, Betty Draper. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the family storyline. I feel like they were good at the beginning, and then it kind of trailed off and, and got worse. Well, her growth reminded me of the growth of the daughter from Dexter. I haven't watched Dexter. I know you're an avid Dexter Oh, fan. such a fan. Can't wait for that reboot. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Kids, I mean, like Breaking Bad. I didn't like the family in Breaking Bad either. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just don't like the family parts. <laughs> family dynamics just aren't for you. No, but I think she played the role well, especially at a young age. Just, you know, there's not many good, like, child actors like that play, like, you know, dramatic roles. Yeah. True. Obviously, I would say recognizability wise, Lucy Davis from the first Wonder Woman, for sure. She had some great one liners, was not in the sequel. Um, I guess she was at Shaun of the Dead way before, which we talked about on the show before. I had no clue that was the same actress. She looks completely different. I mean, it's very yeah. different age wise. But the big surprise for me was someone we were talking about earlier, Miranda Otto, who I don't know if I knew of her before. But, you know, Lord of the Rings buff Nick, big fan of Boromir, seeing that was Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. That was a moment I had where when the show first started, I said, why? Her aunts look familiar. I can't quite figure out where I know them from. And I'm sure I IMDb'd Miranda Otto. And was like, oh, she was in Lord of the Rings. I saw that back when I was little. And that must be what I'm picking her face out from. It's you never. It's the fun game of where people are before. And like I didn't know who Richard Coyle was. I thought his voice mm-hmm. phenomenal. 
phenomenal <laughs> voice. It's like one of those voice actors. You would make a good voice actor for sure. So good. And other than that, they threw in a bunch of CW alums. But I can't wait to see <laughs> what uh, Richard Coyle does in this Fantastic Beast sequel that has so much mystery to it. But I, I know. guess I'm very excited about it. Are you a fan of the Fantastic Beast movies or no? I I watch them being the huge Harry Potter fan that I was and still am i'm not a crazed fantastic beast fan but i think because it's in the same universe i enjoy it yeah i think i like it like you said i don't know if anyone would say they're a diehard fantastic beast fan not to it's like discredit i just <laughs> you watched I harry really potter like the first one i saw the second one i can't quite remember it as much as the first not, one second one's not as good yeah. i agree but also last thing i'll throw in there all the cw people it makes sense because greg berlanti who's the arrowverse like higher being <laughs> the, the crafter of <laughs> Seemingly everything on the CW was like a big part of it. Mm -hmm. So while not outright horror, as you know, I'm a big fan of this. Sabrina does have those darker moments. It for sure dives like very deep into like occult things. It had a some legal case, I think, with like this the Satanist. Oh, <laughs> I think is, you're right. Yeah, which is wild to think about. Yeah. But what what attracted you to to shows like you know we'll say Sabrina and American Horror Story, which once again. It's another recommendation. For, <laughs> I forced you for to watch. It's funny that you put those two together in this context, because I feel like the two reasons I started watching both of those shows were because I knew who the writers were or the producers were, and I knew I had previously liked things that they had done and got into them. I Thinking back about how long ago American Horror Story actually came out, maybe that's not true. I think that one was just, I was watching it in college and it seemed exciting. But Sabrina was written by the same guy that does Riverdale and I am a pretty big Riverdale fan. And so I, <laughs> so he just kept promoting Sabrina and I was like, oh, okay. And I did Having watched the sitcom, thought I knew the story. It was not the same at all of what it was based on from the comics, but really just liking things that those same people had done on TV. Um, you know, American Horror Story is Ryan Murphy, and he is like a TV god. I don't think you've watched Hollywood yet, and I don't think you've watched Ratchet yet, but you have to watch both of those shows. Those are incredible. He does American Crime Story and the new one, season three coming out is about Monica Lewinsky, which I'm very excited to watch as well. So basically anything Ryan Murphy signed me up for. He did Glee, right? Which has had some- Yeah, he also did Glee. So he and Roberto Guersacasa, who did Sabrina and Riverdale, they did Glee together. So weirdly, they're all kind of connected in some way. I just know Glee's a little iffy. I mean, he also did Scream Queens. Scream Queens was yes, I, and I did watch Scream Queens for I, the first season that Nick Jonas was in. Oh, oh I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't watch season two for John Stamos. I, think I started. I think I started season two. If you think Nick Jonas is is you know, well then Oliver Hudson was in it too, and he I like him. The eye candy is <laughs> the eye candy was real in that show. In that it was show, called yeah. Scream Queens, but the the guy Dream, <laughs> Dream Queens, <really>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming, you know, this is seemingly these darker slasher things has been like what this podcast is somehow devolved into in this past. That's all year. you're watching these days. I mean, like I said, I started off with the show you recommended in American Horror Story, and I don't know what it is about darker things. Somehow it's relaxing. I mean, like this is clearly not American Horror Story. Like it's spooky, but it's much lighter. Like. Mm -hmm. American Horror Story is violent, gory, maybe a little bit sexy. 
<laughs> and it's a little extra at times. There's some scenes that you probably would like, you could probably do without. I'm thinking of like the hotel first scene. Hotel, okay. I will be perfectly honest with you. Hotel, I had a hard time getting into, and I don't think I watched that full season. And I, I think you know this, I didn't watch Freak Show. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sort of where I draw the line is I will watch anything that's like kind of gory and like these the American Horror Story series if it's more realistic. And then as soon as you like put the freaks and geeks in there that are like unrealistic, I, I and like clowns don't scare me, but there was just something about Freak Show that I was like, this is on another level for me. That's just not my cup of tea. Oh, freaks and geeks you mean you don't want james franco in your show <laughs> but, um, put him in there jason siegel he was in how i met your mother love him <laughs> that that show is now on hulu which is like real recent available on streaming so i, mm-hmm. I hope people if they haven't to to take a stab at that one season Get like on judd apatow masterpiece <laughs> i know we've talked about you know prill liars around this and scream rounds it's somewhere i think in between those two and like obviously there's a little bit of magic I like the occult weird things, um, especially, I don't know if you, like I was looking into what's the Eldridgen terror? What's the big green? What are all these things? Are they real things? And like real in the sense of like mythological or whatever. Like I- And don't they all kind of like go back to very ancient times? They like put a lot of real things in the show. I mean, and that's the wait. We, we don't know what's real, but re, like you know, based <laughs> in a myth, like Baron Samdi, I that character is super familiar between- one of the weirder James Bond, Roger Moore movies, uh, the second final season of the Marvel or Freeform or Hulu, whatever it's on Cloak and Dagger show. I enjoy it. I really like Cloak and Dagger. I think they did a, dis- I mean, Disney was trying to clean house on their not affiliated, barely Marvel shows, which they did. And like, obviously like they have some great big bunch of things out there, but some of those little guys got lost in the yeah. right of that. But you know me, I love some dark, depressing stuff. And it started from the time you've tricked me into some things. Well, Evan used to, <laughs> Evan, there was a time he used to joke, oh, I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll be asleep and I'll turn Walking Dead on and it'll scare you because he used to be one of my three Did he get you fears. into Walking Dead? He would threaten to put Walking Dead on when I was sleeping. But you love Walking Dead. And, and eventually, <laughs> I just like came into his room. We lived in the same apartment. That was must have been junior year. And I watched an episode that was like one of the more action set piece episodes in season two, where like there's this big farm door and they let it out and everyone like there's all these zombies. And then the one's the little girl they've been looking for. I was like, okay, I can dig this. Um, and not now he for sure doesn't watch it anymore. And lo and behold, <laughs> that's like my go to relax. That's my how I met your mother. <laughs> so like, just put it on in the background. Yeah, you brought up a few shows that all have, I'll say a little bit of a a musical hint to it, right? And I think when I started season one and two, I didn't have any trouble getting through season one and two. I actually had trouble getting through season three and four. And one and two had these, you know, haunting choral numbers. They weren't like pop songs. It wasn't like cherry bomb, (laughs) but like a little little darker arrangement of it. It was, you Mm -hmm. know, dark songs that kind of made sense in the choral thing. And like, like, it's like Harry Potter, that toil, trouble, double, trouble <laughs> part. Yeah. But in, in season three, something happened that was clearly not for you, but to me, a bit odd. They started doing pop songs. And when I heard a, a sing-songy version of It's Tricky, which is a song I love by Run TMC, I, that was like the first one. 
and I didn't I didn't get it. I was like they it did you know many songs more I can only name if like time warp but they did a ton more it felt more like glee or that one clip and I brought up for a reason that like I don't know if it's the cringiest song in Riverdale because I haven't seen it but the clip for the like over sexualized cherry bomb cheer performance is painful oh in Riverdale when they're they do jailhouse rock at a prison oh no <laughs> that was for sure iffy for me <laughs> but I didn't expect this with Sabrina yeah. I, this this was my biggest surprise was these musical numbers so I gotta ask I've seen a bit of glee not a lot of Riverdale what's your take on this music stuff having seen it prior in Riverdale for sure and maybe Glee right well so I think and I had just mentioned this that the right that's the same writer for Glee Riverdale and Sabrina he's very into musicals he's got to throw them in there I think you know Glee aside that was just full on a musical show Riverdale each season will do one musical episode which I think is good, you know, put it all together into one space. Don't try to sprinkle it in for, you know, three minutes in an episode here and there. And they did obscure musicals. So season one, they did Carrie, which is not a, that's not a musical, but it is. Last they, time I there's, checked. A, there's a musical version of it. Okay. Same with, same with Heather's, the movie Heather's from the eighties is also a musical, which, so like people don't know of those musicals that exist that have like have songs that, exist somewhere that they've pulled into the Riverdale universe and created it as the school musical for the episode and then the one they just did in season three or four I'm so confused on what season we're even on um was Hedwig and the Angry Inch which I loved that was I feel like they did such a good job with that one um but so I think Riverdale has done it well because they make it about the school musical and they do it for the one episode and it, it works Sabrina, I think that the kids tried to start a band and then got very poppy and tried to sprinkle it in and and add an element to season three because there wasn't a lot else going on aside from the crazy carnival people. I feel like I, I liked it the least in Sabrina out of all the shows. Like I love musicals. So I like normally I'm like, oh, a musical episode or a musical number. This is exciting. But I think they sort of missed the mark on the songs they chose and how it got sort of threaded into the whole series i'm just saying i i watched carrie recently and john travolta's in it but he doesn't sing so i don't think it's a musical last time i checked it's a <laughs> they made a musical sing. you know like they made a musical of mean girls and they made musicals of other movies was was john travolta in the musical though i don't think so missed opportunity but i've only seen the riverdale version missed missed opportunity for sure um <laughs> look i love me some musicals you know Les Mis, you know, the stars, all that Russell Crowe singing. I know people didn't like him singing. I liked Russell Crowe singing. Whatever. I like Russell Crowe. one of my favorite four actors. Um, Sweeney Todd, I thought was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Modern version of Hairspray had... You like well, you like the dark musicals. Definitely the dark. I don't think Hairspray is as, as edgy. <laughs> no, Hair, as, Hairspray is not dark. <laughs> compared to the other two. I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet. It's old. The trailer's old, but the movie hasn't come out yet for In the Heights. I do know that it's coming out. I follow Lin-Manuel Miranda, kind of. And, Everyone does. And, you know, I just, I fall into the traps of, like, getting obsessive about a certain, like, celebrity or person every now and then. No. And so I, I fell into the Lin-Manuel Miranda trap for a while once Hamilton was on Disney+, Plus And I was like, I need to know everything. I want to learn more about him and how he is the person he is. And started kind of learning about In the Heights and the fact that it's coming out. And I will definitely see it when it comes out. Well, that, that was my hope is like, look, I love Corey Hawkins. He's great in Walking Dead. He's in the uh, the NWA movie. He was in one of the 
King Kong's, I guess. Jimmy Smith's everyone. I mean, look, he's the Star Wars guy. He's Daddy Organa. Um, <laughs> and he's in Dexter. He doesn't sing in Dexter, I don't think, but he's in Dexter is one of the best parts of season three. And obviously Lynn Man Miranda. I was gonna I'm hoping, Jen, if if you're do you have HBO Max? I do. My roommates have it and we have it on our TV. I don't know if there's like a watch party function, but maybe when it comes out, we can do a little a little we'll musical watch out. party. Maybe I can meet your roommates, mm-hmm. right? Either or. But yeah. I, I think that would be a, a blast because we both are musical people. It just mm-hmm. Sabrina, I think we agree, missed the mark. Should, shouldn't have really gone down the musical lane. I'm, I'm glad you kind of agree with me. So I, we've taken a tangent a little bit on, on some of these areas, but like every time I've had a guest or even if I haven't, we, we just we just go down the course and see what happens. <laughs> but let's get to some show the nitty gritty specific ones. I think I already know the answer to this. Who's your favorite character on Sabrina and why? I know you think I'm going to say Nicholas Scratch because by default I would kind of have to because he, how can you not love him? I guess. But surprisingly, I mean, yes, he's probably my favorite character, but I'm going to say I'm just going to like put him off to the side for a second because I think I would pick Ambrose as my favorite character. I think he is probably the most underrated, but also because he... I'm going to nerd out again with the research that I did about him. He wasn't in the original comic. So he was created specifically for the show. They could do whatever they wanted with him. But Ambrose, he was created to be the humanized version of Salem, the cat, because in this version of the series, Salem doesn't speak. And so there isn't the element of the talking cat that kind of lingers around the house and can guide Sabrina on her magical journey of being a witch. And so they created Ambrose to be that. And I thought that they did that so well in season one where he is kind of trapped at the house and he doesn't have his magical powers and he's just kind of there always eating cereal, telling her, you know, teaching her some of his ways. And then there was so much character development with him later on where he finally got his powers back and he he became such a crucial part to the storyline of being a strong I guess warlock is what they call the the male witches. And so he became such a strong character because of that. And I, I really like him. I you know what's funny? Cause at times it's like witches, warlocks, they don't they kind of flip between what they do. Cause in the I would say one of the best seasons of American Horror Story was Apocalypse, and they had the guy warlocks and they had the witches, and the witches were always better, and they were definitely a coven. I don't know if the guys had a not coven name, because they absolutely in this show was coven yeah. no matter what. Right. I can't say I'm delving deep into like my St. <laughs> Love Witch Trials, although I know you're from, you know, near enough to the New England, the witching area. We would take school trips to Salem and and learn about the Salem witch trials and go to museums. and. That must have been cool. I, we didn't was, do that. In I New guess. <laughs> Our field trips were like, I don't know, to the MoMA Museum in New York. I don't know. Maybe that mm-hmm. would be cool for you, but <laughs> missed on me in high school, Nick, in art. For me, I think I definitely would go into Scratch, but I still couldn't believe Zelda, Miranda Otto was AON. And Jen, I've talked about this a few times leading up to this. I know you're iffy, but as someone who's not a Lord of the Rings avid watcher yet, there's a scene, the most female strong scene in my mind to ever exist in any media ever. You've done some acting in your career, Jen. I did some really bad acting in middle school and early high school. As a strong actor, I am playing Fred in Oklahoma and Man in Fiddler on the Roof. I thought we could give the fans a dramatic retelling. I know my line. I want to preface this with, I don't think I've ever seen this scene before. I'm working blind here. Ready to give it a go for the acting award, the podcasties? You fool! No man can kill me! Die now! I am no man. 
That's the sound he makes. Scene. Was um, I female empowerment? I thought your acting was very strong. I Joan. tried to channel Miranda Otto and speak with her kind of lower voice. That was good. And and that's actually how she kind of speaks in this. I mean, like her voice is the same in, in both. She has but. a deep voice in the series. I don't know if that's really how she talks. I mean, that's definitely her acting voice and at least the two things I've seen <laughs> right. her in. So that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you amazing and look i think like you said for me i don't know if i could be like throw nick scratch out i'd say like if you watch a show and your favorite character is a main character that's where you kind of have to be like okay you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like kieran is great but can't say your main character is your favorite you just can't i don't know any show where you would i also don't think she was my favorite in this show i think there are a lot of other characters that i would pick before her there are a lot of other great ones yeah i don't think she was my favorite and like i said richard coiled amazing voice like perfectly <laughs> cast for the villain at hand like you know what i'm gonna say it, it has has to be Gavin Leatherwood as the charming Nicholas Scratch. I mean, I'm in love with him probably on and off the show. So I fully agree with you. He's the reason I watch Sabrina. So he, he can for sure still be my favorite one. I just wanted to give a nod to Ambrose because I think he deserved it. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I just couldn't look past this charming romantic lead that we only could have hoped for a relationship drama in Harry Potter. I think Hermione's great. Harry's great. Harry's love interests were not either not well developed. <laughs> right. At least in I think Ginny wasn't that bad in the books, but the movie Ginny was like bad. Very I just, boring. I just remember that scene. <laughs> Where did she tie his shoe? I don't know if you remember. Oh, at the house before the wedding. <laughs> and it was like kind of sexualized. <laughs> and she's they, like, they were just so uncomfortable. It was cringy. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Like we said, Sabrina may not have been the best character on the show, but the couple dynamic, and obviously Harvey was there, bitch. I'm sure you were like, oh, what about Harvey? Just is for Harvey. Going into season one, I wanted to like Harvey because I told you I loved Harvey in the comedy series. Childhood crush was obsessed. And so I was like, okay, here we are. Like, I want Sabrina and Harvey to be together always. They're so cute. Bring in Nicholas Scratch and change my mind for the rest of the series. Forget Harvey. He can do his thing. He's just cool. Cool guy. Yeah. You know, cool guy, charming. And obviously, you know, the turn at the end of season two is a little heartbreaking. And it obviously mm-hmm. takes some, you know, trauma and some buildup. And I like a little, a good trauma exploration in media. The growth in the end was good enough. But like that moment, that was probably the most heartbreaking moment when you realize that he was. At the like, end of season two? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about when Nick sacrifices himself and like gets trapped in hell for Sabrina? Oh, well, sure. I, I actually meant the part where you realize he's working for Lucifer. Oh, yes, that was heartbreaking. I mean, yeah, uh, I guess him going, you know, and bad. then so he goes to redeem himself and he was like, I'll sacrifice myself and get trapped in hell for you. I think I've actually totally suppressed that memory from the show because I was like, Nick is perfection and he has never done anything wrong. So I forgot that that happened. Aside from season three when they're like fighting the whole time and I was yeah. like, get it together. It, did, it didn't go so well in season three. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure this will not be your answer for the next question, but was there like a story? storyline or a season from this fortune show that you were like right into for me first seasons were great i think like the first harry potter movie kind of seeing through sabrina's eyes all the i guess you'd say wonders for like harry potter where he's going through Diagon Alley and how exciting everything is and here it's kind of like oh here's all the crazy stuff going on that's <laughs> a little dark and messed up and the dark baptism all stuff but like mm-hmm. Seeing her try to balance those two worlds, you know, obviously the end of season one where she kind of seemingly has to like give in to 
Lucifer to sign his book to get the power. But I think that whole season one build and just seeing everything that's new and exciting and the school for the first time, it was like Harry Potter one all over again. Yeah, I agree. I really liked season one and two. I thought that the character development was done really well and just kind of teaching us about Sabrina and her world and her learning about the whole other side of her world she hadn't really dove into yet with the magic. I fully agree season three, (laughs) not a huge fan. Season four, I mean, I still, I obviously still enjoyed watching both of these seasons, but season four didn't take the show where I wanted it to go, really. Not that I know where I wanted it to go. It just like wasn't wasn't what I really wanted it to end on. But season two is probably by far my favorite, I think, because you see Nick the most and he, you see Nick and his truest loving Sabrina state the most and he he's just lover boy in that season essentially she's just broken up with Harvey he's moving on she's moving on with Nick and their relationship is developing and I just thought it was so cute and I love I know you and I talked about this but we liked the their kind of witchy Valentine's Day episode Lubricalia where you see how the witches kind of do Valentine's Day a little bit they get Um, it on they get it on they run out into the woods um and then the whole thing with like his familiar being that like crazy werewolf that is obsessed with him and yeah i really liked that season it's like the why are you so obsessed with me <laughs> i also think season two had the most like character development outside of that relationship where like Susie transitioned into theo and rosalind started to lose her sight and it was kind of like going through that time and also starting to sort of date harvey and i think that they just so much happened between one and two in terms of character development, but like for the best that I enjoyed where they took season two. You know what? One thing I think about when we think of like the Theo thing, like obviously like they, there's like some bullying going on, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In the, the transition and even before the transition. But the one thing I remember is no matter what crazy thing was going on in like season three or four, what I, like there was the, they messed up reality episode and like the villain is Blackwood and he still refers to Theo the right way. I was like, for like a terrible villain, at least they're like woke. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was like, that's interesting. Like I just like, it came like, huh, yeah. good on, on that, you know, <laughs> tyrannical, <laughs> intolerant guy that is still like pronounced Refers to Theo, yeah. <laughs> properly. I thought that was sensational. I know we had the similar thoughts on the seasons and, and maybe this will be a similar answer for you. Maybe it won't be. Was there either a character or a specific storyline that you didn't like? Like this was not a uh, four seasons perfect show. Not as up and down as maybe like Dexter, but definitely not perfect. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I, and maybe I feel like you catch on to a lot of more little details than I do. So maybe this did happen and I'm not aware. I will start with the whole Blackwood Faustus going crazy in season three and like running off and getting in that kind of like time loop thing and then suddenly like the twins are much older and you meet them and you're like whoa it's the twins and Prudence is like running to take him on so his kind of like crazed fit really threw me off I mean I think it was maybe good for his character but I was like well why is this happening how is this relevant to anything and then after that the egg that had that weird fetus monster thing in it that he became super obsessed over. And then they cracked the egg and released the monster at the end of the season. They didn't touch on it in season four. Nothing happened with that. And I don't know if it's because the writers went so deep into making each episode about 
each Eldritch Terror, but they just didn't, it just disappeared, right? I don't think anything happened. There was that one episode with the like sea creature Eldritch Terror, I think, and it and it looked like you saw something inside Blackwood. And I was like, oh, is this it? Is this the egg? Are we seeing it? He like ate the fetus and now he'll become something and it, it just didn't go anywhere. So my assumption was the egg that hatched because they were like what did it hatch i thought the egg hatched the eldritch terror the eldritch terrors okay i think i think you're probably right somehow i just felt like the way it was depicted on the show looked like it should have been like one single monster and it didn't i don't know it was it was hard to pick up on i guess i just feel like they didn't really go about that the right way i think you and i are are probably very much on the same like to a t thought on the bad parts the carnival people eldritch terrors like first it was like you know procedurals baddie of the week just like lucifer was the star like something that like you could see on any of the chicago fires or svu just here's i'm the bad guy this week and you gotta stop me and it was always you know faustus says here's the thing and then the thing showed up and like thankfully i took him off the board and it became not that for a little bit and then i don't think carnival like the carnival here was the same as like freak show that also works in its own separate world in heroes it did the same thing and like robert knepner is one of like the most weird character actors from prison break other than him the carnival thing was weird in heroes and it was like kind of weird here too yeah I mean, I, I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt and I was like, okay, they're all weird carnival witches that have specific powers and they're coming to like torment the town. And so I was I was trying to, you know, let it slide and make it okay, but it was it was definitely weird. I think you know my like three irrational fears, or at least what they were, was zombies, which doesn't matter anymore. Needles, still don't still don't like need like blood work or anything. I get allergy shots every week, not mm-hmm. fun. Um, but the <laughs> the worst one, the the scariest thing I think is spiders as big as houses, right? There would be mm. no coming back from that. It'd be awful. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes during the King Kong movies, there's like a fantasy genre trope. And I absolutely- So you didn't, you didn't like that episode where Aunt Hilda kind of turned into the spider. Yes, that's, you know, believe it or not, that's exactly what I was getting at. I, there's a few <laughs> parts where she has the spiders do web things. And I'm like, I don't really like that, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the worst thing was making her turn into a spider. And then she had the- eyes and the legs and it was this whole thing and i hate the mandalorian has a spider i definitely remember not liking that episode either i I hate that that's a fantasy trope and like (laughs) as much as i love the high fantasy genre there's a scene i know exactly when to press skip scene skip select in lord of the rings extended cut i just like i know (laughs) in harry potter i know once you skip it you'd miss the spider i just i hate that it's a thing you've got it all queued up i didn't like it that like it didn't (laughs) have to be i just hate that it's a thing i want to shift gears and say one thing i also did like about the show the whole mrs wardwell turning into lilith and the whole lilith storyline with lucifer i thought they actually did that really well with that backstory of kind of bringing her character into it a little bit more because in the first season i was like i'm really confused what's happening with this woman why she's suddenly evil and then they like totally open that up and you find out so much more about her and that was one of those cool things that you're like okay well who's lilith in like the bible who is lilith really yeah but that's a real thing those things of tying all these olden time tales of occultness and different religions and god like it was cool 
And I was like, it was. Oh. I know. I I enjoyed that aspect of the show a lot. I didn't like when they brought the other version of her back, and I thought she was useless in season four. Yes, I thought that was. Awful. They were like, oh, suddenly Mrs. Wardwell's alive again. <laughs> but she's like crazy and like yeah, a religious zealot and joins this crazy church. Mm-hmm. And... She was super religious. I think they just tried to overcorrect it. Wardwell was in season one for like the first two episodes. Yeah, and then like never the again. We all thought she like died. And then she, yeah, but she was, she was very like timid and seemed religious because she had the cross in her house, house and then it flipped upside down. Sure. Came I guess. Yeah. I, the whole thing was, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like her turn. Besides the season five that will, I would imagine most likely never get. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you wish could have been different if you know you had been stick you in the writer's room less or more of a character or a story or anything you wish that you could have that you would have changed i can say that i really liked what they did with the eldritch terrors i just think that was maybe more season three or a season that wasn't the last one i think it's hard to have the last season of a show be dedicated to having every episode be about one specific thing and i know it wasn't like all that it was like there was still stuff going on in the episode but the underlying theme of it was always that specific Eldritch Terror. So I think that was hard for them to end on. Yeah, I definitely didn't like the end of the show at all. I thought of the three weird sisters making Agatha more important, seemingly. I didn't get it. I think they could have had all three in there. And like, it felt like they got rid of the one for shock. Because I looked and said, is yeah. she, was she acting in something else? And I mean, maybe she was filming the Winx something whatever the show she I said thought she's in something new winks something yeah. it's like the, she's the lead i think so i don't know if they were filming yeah. that but i thought they did weird things and then they made agatha like serial killery and then she became mm-hmm. normal and like by the end of it they treated her as like a main character and she wasn't a main character the entire yeah. show until somehow the last few episodes like she became crazy important yeah um like you i think the blackwood stuff postseason two they didn't know what to do with him they made him right old and he became like kind of out there and then mm-hmm. he became out there in a different way like you know oh i'm the carnival people now oh i'm now a religious guy me making my yeah. own religion and they just kept doing <laughs> weird things they took him in a weird direction i think just even like closure on character stuff was weird other than obviously you wish sabrina and nick had had more time like it felt like they were a good couple pretty like it didn't take long. It did happen really fast at the end. And I don't think as an audience, you got time to accept how fast it all happened because I feel like it was like towards the end of season four that they finally were like, okay, we do love each other. Let's be together. And then like two episodes later, it's over. So you're like, oh good. They're finally together. Now we get some time with them. But then like all hell breaks loose and she has to go off and try to save the world. Also, I don't know if you noticed this. I looked it up after. Caliban went to the void. Mm Mm-hmm but he never came back out. And that just wasn't addressed. Yeah. They just said, we'll go get everyone, except for that one guy. We won't get him and not tell anyone about it. And it never was brought up again. Oh, I don't, I guess maybe I didn't notice that. Cause I was like, is he at the I funeral? cared the least about Caliban. Cause I was like, he can just go back to hell and live his happy little life. He did not go back to hell, <laughs> apparently. Maybe I mean, he, he was made of clay. Maybe the void he couldn't get out of there he just like deteriorated he just became a puddle of clay that's the yeah. end of the story yeah oh sure. no <laughs> see as if you care um <laughs> and i'm sure you would have loved to have seen more of what like lilith at hell's running like clearly the assumption when she killed lucifer what that would have been 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the show did a good job of female empowerment. I think that, that it as a comic series and just story. I mean, she has two very powerful aunts. She herself, Sabrina, is a powerful witch. The whole Lilith element in the show. I mean, they do have a lot of strong females. So yeah, it would have been nice to see Lilith really take power. And I didn't like that they both died in the end. What's that all about? They said that would have probably been the end of season four anyway. And season five would have probably found a way for them to get out. I did a little bit of research on the what would have been, which I'll get into a little bit later. But like we said, this end, not great. Not a great end for us. Uh, Yeah, I... I didn't like it in the moment I was watching it. And the more I sat with it and came to terms with it, I was like, okay, well, we know this was the last season. They're wrapping everything up. I don't know how else they could have wrapped everything up without it being some kind of cliffhanger ending, maybe. All I wanted was for her and Nick to be together, really, at the end of the day, and I got what I wanted. So I guess I'm happy with it. I guess, yeah. Like, <laughs> I have one last thing to say about the end of Sabrina, because I think what made me come to terms with it after not liking it, because I was like, okay, I don't know about this. I think the whole premise of the show was Sabrina screwed up a lot of things for a lot of people, and she had to go back and kind of correct herself. And sometimes when she corrected herself, she'd screw something else up, and then we ended up with two Sabrinas at one point, and it was just like a whole mess. And I think when I thought about it really hard and thought about what they chose for the ending... Sabrina realized I've made a bunch of mistakes for a lot of these people and now I'm not going to be the one that makes a mistake for them and I need to actually sacrifice myself because I I care about all of them too much and I'm going to save them. So when I really dove deep, I was like, okay, maybe that's why they went that way because like that really kind of truly was who she was as a character was the hot mess. And then she kind of realized I can't be this anymore and I have to be the one to give up. Putting that in your head. That helps a little bit. Coming from (laughs) being recently done with it. (laughs) <laughs> I had this thought when I was kind of with the questions for you of I couldn't think of a whole lot where I was like really satisfied with the end of a show like really satisfied and I may have an idea of what you would have done here but I'm curious going into shows that have endings that I love um friends ended happy kind of except that all the friends had to go different directions they couldn't all stay together because I'm trying to think what show had a real good ending and I, I could only think of like one I don't know of I can't you, what's the one show you can think of the only one I could think of it's not happy but it's like it's the ending that makes the most sense it's a spoiler alert right for a <laughs> show that ended when I think we were still in college in Breaking Bad yes the end of Breaking Bad was like yeah he died right like obviously mm-hmm. but the way he died sacrificing himself you know he freed jesse and i haven't seen the movie just yet the el camino yeah. i know I, I want to but that end to the main show and obviously you know the weird thing is we have this prequel that i guess eventually we're gonna get to the point where well, maybe we'll see walter white again but like mm-hmm. the end was the perfect end and i was in my mind that's like how dexter should have ended and it didn't yeah it dumb things like he was a lumberjack <laughs> in the middle of nowhere lumberjacking that's that's the end of dexter awful but i could think of breaking bad as like the only show that i was like for sure a good end i haven't there's like i can't think of what the actual show is but i feel like i recently watched a show and i was happy with the ending i did like the ending of schitt's creek i thought that was done well that was another one where they knew the show was ending i think it helps when they know the show is ending and it's not like okay we're gonna end this season and then hopefully we get picked up again and then they get canceled and then you're like well the show ended but typically it's shows that have longer runs with a ton of seasons that know they're coming to an end i did like how schitt's creek ended i was satisfied with that still emotional but satisfied good can be emotional Emotions <laughs> i think are you okay. should watch that one add it to your list i know it's a little goofier so that I, <laughs> it I, is. I, I have a note but it, it might take a uh, <laughs> a little bit to get to it all yeah 
Well, I eventually I actually have to write down your list because I, I know it's bigger than I think. It's a long list. I've fed you a lot of show titles and I have not seen results. I've done some. Story and Sabrina. <laughs> Aprila Liars? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you. I remember, I was it Riverdale? There was some show, maybe it was Cloak and Dagger. There was some show I was talking to you about on the phone one night and you fell asleep while I was talking about it. I um, hope it wasn't Cloak and Dagger. I was talking about it so passionately and I was going on this really long tangent and I was like, you have to watch the show, you have to watch the show. And you fell asleep. Must have been the perfectionist. The only, only. No, yeah. it was not. Only logical. I never would have talked about, about your about deep that love that for that, that show. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It could have been Riverdale. I feel like it could have been Riverdale well, or Dagger. Well, we're almost <laughs> to the part where <laughs> that ties in pretty well. While we, you know, will not have, you know, what would have been with the season five, which apparently would have really tied into Riverdale, done has something to do with the witches' war, and maybe finding a way to bring our, you know, leading lovebirds back from the void and use these Riverdale leads. I had a few Riverdale references sprinkled in through uh, season three and four. Interesting that you picked up on that having not watched the show well i think some of them were like knock you over the head oh there's condoms in the riverdale <laughs> bathrooms riverdale uh, okay like, they say they say the word riverdale and you're like yeah I, I, I guess the band was something, but I didn't that didn't do it. I didn't mm. know what that meant for me, but I guess that's a thing. But <laughs> I guess, Jen, this might do you some good, some excitement. Is there making a comic book to fill in the gap of season five? And I don't like when shows do that because I, I, you know, you're like, well, why couldn't they have made it a show? I don't read comics, so I'm going to agree with you and say I don't like that they're doing that either. I've read a little bit of The Walking Dead. Eventually, I have it all. I just haven't really dove in. But like this two season NBC show Revolution, I don't know if you remember, like what about the lights going out? No. Nope. It was like, like swashbuckling in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> jungle world Giancarlo Esposito's in it and he's great in everything hmm. I don't know if that helps you're it's definitely not available probably to stream anywhere I have it on DVD I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you're trust me you're fine but like I guess there was a comic book to wrap it up and it's like I have it, but I mean, you want the story, right? You want to know what happens, but... See, with Sabrina, though, I'm satisfied. They killed her off, her boyfriend died, and then was with her in the void. What what more do we need? Yeah, I I mean... (laughs) Unless they're, like, going back in time to tell us during her lifetime. I know what you want. You want more Nick Scratch. I want want more alive Sabrina and Nick together. And maybe if they did... Like, Mr. Sandman, give me a dream. Boom, boom. Like, right? And then they wake up. Like, some more musical numbers. That's your thing. Mm, they're suddenly out of the void. It was, it was all a dream. And yeah. It, yeah. And the evil twin, maybe, even. Like, Lost. Be. Wasn't Lost all a dream? Or they were dead I, the whole time? Or it was all yeah, a dream? I, I never finished Lost, but I know that that's, like, notorious for its bad ending. Because it was like, are you kidding me? They were just dead the whole time. I've never started Lost. Dreaming? I don't, I don't, even, I don't really even understand how it ended. <laughs> That makes two of us. But <laughs> the big last question I want to ask you as something that we've we've danced around, but as I'm very unfamiliar with it, I want to get your take on it. And maybe this was the th- recommendation I fell asleep on. So we'll we'll see. But as something I know nothing about to someone who has never seen, I don't even think an iota of Riverdale minus that ch- 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 cherry bomb scene. <laughs> But I really I don't know if that's from Riverdale. <laughs> it is. I a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent. It's the cheerleader, and she has the girl who's the color red is her red color. She's red, and anyone who reserves red is bad. I saw that scene. I've seen two scenes, and both were a little cringy. But I really liked Sabrina. Is Riverdale good by itself? 
Can you sell me or the listeners this show? Do you need to see both? Does that do anything for you? And most importantly, should I personally take the plunge into Riverdale? So I would say I am more of a fan of Riverdale than a fan of Sabrina to start with that. So it's my show. It's currently my show that I watch every week. It's actually on right now, Wednesday nights at eight on the CW. <laughs> Shameless plug. I will watch it tomorrow on Hulu or on CW.com. It's not on Hulu for those that care. So I do watch that weekly when it's on. And it's the same thing for me. And I, because a lot of my coworkers and I watch it, I've picked up on this. Season one and two were good. Season three was wild and a lot of people fell off the wagon. I stayed on it, tried and true. I actually think you might like season three despite people not liking it. I think it had this element of, I don't know, mystery. Dark and depressing. Dark and depressing. Dark, dark and depressing. It had this this sort of the theme of the season is something you might be more into than other audiences would be into. But I'm trying to think what season we're even in. I think we're in season five now. I'm like, I'm lost on what happened in season four now. And last week they just did a seven year time jump. So they took the kids out of high school and they're now 25 and they all have their own lives and professions and things. So I'm curious to see where they take that and if it'll be good or bad, but I really liked the early seasons of Riverdale up until where we are now. I think you should watch it. I think you would like it. I, when I first started it, was kind of confused because like, I was like, why are, why do they all have such weird names? And I hadn't really put two and two together that it was Archie Comics. And I was like, what kind of a name is Jughead? And why- Who names their kid Jughead? Like alliterations, like Archie Andrews and Jughead Jones. Like this is strange. And I think I Googled like Jughead Jones and the whole Archie Comics came up. And I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. They made a TV show off of a comic series. This was pre-Sabrina. This was when Riverdale season one came out and Sabrina wasn't a thing yet. And I started kind of reading more about the comic series and tying the characters to the character in the comics and seeing what they had done with the show and how they were bringing that world to life on TV. And I thought that was really cool. So it is, it's similar to Sabrina in the sense that it's like very campy and there's like Cheryl Blossom is the character that always works red that is her token betty cooper always has her blonde hair and a ponytail jughead always has his crown hat on and it's it they have their like specific character quirks that carry through i'll have to give it the good old college try i think you should and i would happily come on this podcast again to have a riverdale discussion if you were to watch it because i am probably more passionate about that than sabrina you, you might have to do the the interview questions at that point maybe <laughs> it might be jen jen goes to the movies whoa jen jen goes to the movies yeah. thinking of my questions <laughs> <laughs> well much like the the end of 2020 when part four of the show finished it's time for us to say goodbye, right? We've said goodbye to all these things, to the garbage of 2020, whatever you, you want to make of Sabrina. But like the proposed Riverdale-Sabrina crossover, that may still be possible in the CW. We don't know. This crossover episode, coast to coast, at, at least for me, was an amazing fun time. So Jen, what are your final thoughts on Sabrina and who should get down with the witching hour of the show or insert, insert magic pun? I don't, I'm bad at selling shows to who I feel like should watch them. I, I'm only good at telling Nick what shows he should watch. I don't, I know, I know what he likes. Uh, if, you, if you like the shows Nick watches, watch Sabrina. <laughs> 
know if you like Riverdale watch Sabrina if you watch the Sabrina comedy series give it a try if you like sort of weird campy horror magic watch the show I we you and I had talked about this I think before this that it has that really fun I think this is maybe I was selling you on the show by saying this it's got that kind of like CW teen drama sort of thing going but it also has that sort of like wondrous magical world that's very very similar to Harry Potter that gives you those kind of childhood nostalgic feels of loving magic and seeing where it goes and so it's it's a good combination of the two so if you like teen dramas and Harry Potter you should watch Sabrina there's myself it's not bad I I haven't seen (laughs) magicians like the sci-fi show I don't like that's the only other thing I could think of that might even be close to Sabrina and I don't really know what it's about I just know it's like it's a sci-fi show that has magic people and there's schools and there's yeah I have not seen it sometimes bad things happen that's sort of the gist I get from the ads I've seen but look I the CW has a ton of stuff I haven't seen I'm sure Supernatural would be a a hoot at some (laughs) point Wait, while we're on the subject of CW, you should watch Rosdale, New Mexico. Rosdale. Ros- I'm thinking of Riverdale. Roswell? What? What is that? I don't know what that is. It's also, it's also a remake. It's like a new version of a show from the 80s or 90s that used to just be called Roswell. And the new one is Roswell, New Mexico. Has some familiar faces in it. One of the actors from Pretty Little Liars, but he's like better in it. Whoa. It's about aliens. It's about Attila, small town in New Mexico that these like aliens have landed in and sort of are living amongst the humans and you don't really know they're aliens and but there are people that know they're aliens and the main girl falls in love with one and that's the story spirals from there is is this the show with the kid who doesn't have a belly button no that's kyle xy that's okay. very old okay i didn't i don't know the alien anymore okay i don't know are you not into alien things Am no i i, something I you look, wouldn't like as you know jen as an avid listener of this podcast i did within a couple weeks of each other both the alien and the predator series so don't don't oh. tell me about no alien things I, okay well i know all about this them. is this is al- this is like i said it's teen drama mixed with aliens not harry potter this, i really liked it i think you would like it a gosh, lot I'm this, for season three to come out i feel like i'm gonna end up there's with like, only one- two seasons you can get through it so fast yeah yeah but there's also like five six cw shows that i haven't seen <laughs> like, i supernatural has to be on the top for me and i know that's a massive like that's an ordeal to dive into i've heard great aren't there like 15 seasons of that yeah it's like friends or something um they're great anatomy it's like been on forever yeah i feel like i've heard good things about all american the football show mm-hmm. and you know riverdale like there's just so many shows so there's also nancy drew which i haven't watched but i know that that's out there in existence <sighs> like there's there's just so many like at some point like like alders Texas Walker, Texas Ranger Man. <laughs> but I definitely don't want to watch that. Yeah. Um, sorry. Is that J- Jared Pedalecki? right? Okay. I, He's I, just apparently still relevant. I know I literally talked about him last week. So I feel bad that I almost forgot who he was. Because um, <laughs> they both went to like a horror thing and neither was good. Because the other guy, Jensen Eccles, went to My Bloody Valentine's Day and Jared Pedalecki went to Friday 13th and neither was good. Can we talk about how Jared Padalecki got his start on Gilmore Girls and then he was in a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie? So his career around. <laughs> so was that good for you growing up? Was was he a, a oh, heartthrob? He, I didn't, I, I wasn't 
into hit every okay there there's lots of controversy with Gilmore Girls because she had three boyfriends and they were all very different from each other I'm team Jess who is Milo Ventimiglia who okay, is like, heroes and this is us I love him he's like got him. the niche vibes he's got like the bad boy but good boy vibes was fully team Jess not Jared Padalecki he played Dean Dean was like the goody good goody two shoes too much like Rory and Gilmore Girls I don't know was Ben McKenzie on this show or is that something else no that was the OC Okay, there's a lot of those shows that I haven't gotten. Is that I know. What I'm thinking of? I, I think that was. Those. He's a guy from Gotham. That's like only thing I know him from. I feel like he's. I think that he's the guy in the OC. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> we we really went on a, a little bit of a tangent here, but yeah. this is good. A lot a lot of <laughs> I shows. I love talking TV. A lot of shows flying at you, yeah. mile a minute. So as I said, thank you to my sensational guest Jen for joining us today to talk about. I was gonna say one of her favorite things, but clearly it's not. It's Riverdale. We didn't talk about Riverdale. I really all. layered a lot of Riverdale in there. It's, it was subtly <laughs> pushed in there, but I had a. I had a blast watching this show. As again, you've almost never leaded me astray on these show recommendations. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has those dark, spooky things, blends it with the teen drama, sometimes some cheesy musical numbers, and some lovely life lessons. The the darkness, lonely stuff season four was fantastic. You could do much worse for a short-term Netflix commitment. If you guys want to keep up with us, you can follow me at either knickknack underscore IC or knickknack movies. Jen, where can the people follow along with you at? Well, you can go to my Twitter account that is private and follow me so that it's not private anymore <laughs> at Jen of Eve 14 on both Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. Make sure to check in on all manner of you know our social media platforms but for sure the show is a ton of fun things brewing your one-stop shop movie television and pop culture podcast what are you guys watching on netflix these days especially on the darker side of things because i can't get enough of those recommendations apparently let us know in the knickknack mailbag and as always until next time cinephiles are you not entertained I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this, see you later, alligator.